Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Unfiltered with Cara Jones Unlimited LLC podcast. I'm so excited today. I am completing episode number four of my CJU GWO series, Cara Jones Unlimited Grown Women Only series. Today, my featured guest is none only than founding participant of CJU GWO BHM or Birmingham, Alabama, which was established in January of 2016. She is Queen Keisha J. Heebles. Hey, girl. Hey. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and as yeah. you can see, we are adorned with our crowns. How you doing? I am great. How are you? I'm doing better now that I'm here with you. <laughs> <laughs> you look so pretty. You too. You know, you're always just such a natural beauty, you know? It don't take much for a queen like you. It don't take much for all of us. I know that's right. Keep it 100, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. So how how's your Sunday been thus far? Did you do all your streaming services and all that? Uh, I've done a few things. I kind of mostly on Sundays, I take care of me. You know, okay. we, we're big. Well, I'm a life changer with total life changes. So <laughs> we're big on self-care Sunday. Very so, good. You kind of take care of self, do whatever you need to do so you can set your, your week straight. So I do that faithfully. I, I applaud you for that. You know, I am now a licensed clinical mental health counselor. And so self-care is something that I promote on the regular. We have to. If we don't take care of ourselves, how will we be any good for anybody else? Right. Am I right? Exactly right. Okay. Well, you know, what'd you say, girl? You have nothing to give if you're empty. What'd you say? What'd you say? I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. I know that's right, IJS. I'm just saying. Well, you know, I, I always, Keisha, try to let um our viewers and our listeners know how I came to know my guests. And, you know, like I said in my opening statement, you and I go way back to the year 2016 in Birmingham, Alabama. Do you remember that night? Yes, ma'am. I do. We were at the Macaroni Grill, I think in like the Stadia Hills or something like that. Mm -hmm. My first time ever being there. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, matter of fact, I think I asked you guys to pick the place where we, you know, would meet. I think it was Sonequa Murray. We want to give a shout out to Sonequa Murray. She is the founder of Simply Sonequa Pound Cakes in Birmingham, Alabama. She is yeah. on your shelves. She is at your markets. She is in your malls. She's also the founder of Simply BU, SBU, which is another social network gathering like mine, grown women only. And that is how you and I met through Sonequa Murray. You remember that? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Sonequa, um, and it was you, me, um, Adrian Lester, mm -hmm. um, 
What's her name? Yellow girl, pretty girl, Mimi. Miati. Okay, and then also Shamika Thomas, woman of God, Shamika Thomas. We met at the Macaroni Grill. I had presented to you all my vision for grown women only, and you ladies decided that you wanted to participate. And so my, you know, Keisha, I don't know if you recall, but when I um, started Grown Women Only, my goal was to create a social network for women, where we, women of um, like-minded like women, actually allergic to foolishness. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> that's the T, right? That's the T. <laughs> And most of us were either already businesswomen, I call us sisterpreneurs, or we were aspiring businesswomen, but we wanted to be able to support and encourage, exhort, undergird each other. And so what I said to you ladies back then in January of 2016 is, however, Car Jones Unlimited and I could help you market, promote, and expand your businesses, I was most willing to do that, and that is what I tried to do. And now with this podcast, since all of us have grown and moved on, um, you're not even an active participant anymore because you're so busy doing your own thing, as are many of the others, you know? And I'm cool with that because I understand expansion does not always mean that you can continue to participate, you know, in organizations um, that you initially started out with, right? Correct. Growth. So it was through that, and I'm going to quit talking in a minute and let you talk um, as we get into the interview, but I'm just trying to set this stage and give the people a little background. It was through all of that, and Adrian Lester, a shout out to Adrian Lester, who I met um, through CJUGWO Birmingham also, who is the founder of the Miss Plus Alabama pageant. And that is where I next learned that you were a reigning queen. Tell the viewers how you got into pageantry. <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh because pageantry, I used to say, was a sweet side effect of modeling because I was a model first. I became a model. I started modeling in of 2014 and some of the ladies that I met I even got asked D'Angela Pippen she kept asking me you know have you ever been a done a pageant and I'm walking the floor the way that they told us to walk I'm pivoting and I'm like no and so I was like no no and she kept asking and she kept asking but I, okay. I told her no I've never done a pageant so with that whole thing that kind of put it on my mind but you know we can see something you don't see you don't necessarily follow the vision or follow through in your mind my mind shifted back to modeling I'm trying to get this spot I'm trying to finish doing what I'm doing on this floor so she bagged off and, and I got done with that and I actually got chosen and I was so happy because I was one of the oldest women in the room at the time, I was 42 years old. Yes. Okay, so what title did you win? 
I started with Mrs. Jefferson County Plus America 2015. Okay. I got crowned on December 5th in 2014. And that rolled over into the state competition. That's where I was under the directorship of Adrian Lester. One state. So then I became Mrs. Alabama Plus America 2015. Yeah. Then that rolled straight into nationals. Wow. From April, rolled straight into nationals in the end of July. So it wasn't a whole lot of time to prepare because already I started in November. A lot of people had already started around April, May, because that's when they crowned their queens every. So they had already started. So him coming in in November on the tail end of things. And then I got to get myself together. I got to hurry up the hair, nails, dresses, shoes, opening number, all of these things. People don't think about that. It's a lot of money involved in patentry. Yes. So winning state rolled in nationals. I placed in the top 15. I was fourth runner up in my division. Thank you. And that was, I was happy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy. Look at me. <laughs> Even though I didn't win the title, I was happy because to be a first time pageant girl and to mess around and win state and then to make it to nationals and make the top 15, fourth runner up in vision, four is my number. I know that's right. So to become out fourth runner up in my division, that was... Amazing, amazing, amazing. So even with that, they always had a saying, even if you don't win here, you still have work that has to be done at home. Yeah. So when I came back home to Alabama, I got on my beat. I was out there. I was going to different events, speaking engagements, speaking in schools, churches, putting myself on Facebook. People are like, you're everywhere. And then I have people meet me in the street, be like, oh, I know you. And I'm like, uh, what you know about me? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what you know? What you talk about? Exactly. Exactly. So that's how all of that got started. And while I was serving backstage, that's where Miss Alabama Plus America Ambassador came from. Turn they it up, turn it up. Can you turn it up so we can see the whole title? Turn it more to the uh, right. Miss Alabama Plus America Ambassador. Yes, ma'am. So this title came while I was serving backstage. I got huh. crowned in 2017. So whoop, there it there is. It is. <laughs> it's been fun though. It's it's open doors that I wouldn't have ever, ever ordinarily most likely have gotten in. So I've met a lot of people because of this. Because this, this is a lot of attention. People want to know how did you do it? What do I need to do? Okay, you look like me. I didn't think that this was right. possible. And that's the biggest thing that I really embrace out of this because I was a teen mom um, I, before. So I've been dealt with divorce. I had to deal with all the aches, <laughs> the ebbs and the flows of life, being a single mom until eventually I got married again because I've been with my husband now, my second husband for 11 years, but this is my husband. This is not paper. This is my husband. What do you so, mean by that? Because a lot of times when we get married, we get married for convenience. We mm -hmm. get married because mostly 
and that's just being truthful. I'm not knocking anybody, but a lot of people do get married out of convenience because it's easier to run one household than two. True. Um, a lot of people do get married just because they want to be married and they feel like, okay, I'm old enough now. I don't need to be by myself. They run with whatever society says, but this time, that's why I say I got a husband because he is a real man, straight up, down, and around. Ain't no two ways about it. Straight up. All of this wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for him. He supported me. I came home and I asked him, hey, da-da-da-da-da, all about the pageant. Gave him the whole rundown. He said, well, you never know if you don't try. I said, okay. Because if I didn't have his support, then I wouldn't have been able to do it. Because the thing about being in the MRS division, you have to shuffle everything concerning pageants in addition to still being a wife. You still got to cook. You still got to clean. You still got to take care of your husband. If you have children, you got to take care of children. You still got a full-time job. Or if you're a business owner or whatever you Looks like you're freezing there. Well, while she's freezing, I'm going to show y'all one of her queen pictures. You froze for a minute, but that's okay because I was just telling everybody that I wanted to share with them one of your beautiful photos. Okay. Let me see here. There we go. Let me see if I can share my screen. And you know, I, I concur with you. I understand exactly um, what you're saying about you know your life. You had to continue um, doing everything that you do. Life doesn't stop just because you're in the pageant, right? right. Absolutely right. I love this picture. Can you see it on the screen, everybody? This is your picture of you sitting on your throne, holding that beautiful crown. Uh, I just see your screen before you share it. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully it's sharing. It may not be. And if that's the case, we're going to leave it alone. Because, you know, they will try to act up with you. <laughs> and we're not gonna have it let me see let me get rid of it then because i want this to work where are you okay i saw a message that came up and said you were sharing starting to share your screen yeah i was sharing my screen i'm gonna stop though because it ain't gonna act a fool with me today <laughs> You know, the internet, the Zoom, the World Wide Web, all of them, baby, they do what they want to do when they want to do it, but not today. Today ain't today. What you say? It's a lot of people on the internet, so. Girl, well, that has nothing to do with this, but that flyer that I um, had my marketing team create, it's the picture of you sitting on your throne. I think it's on the bottom right. And you are holding that beautiful crown. Are you able to take your crown off? I just want people to see this in your hands to see the magnitude of the beauty of it. Turn it, this kind of circle, 
Yeah, look how beautiful this is, everyone. Now you won this one, was this Mrs. Alabama? No, actually this is my ambassador crown. Beautiful. This is my current, my current crown. They can go back and look down my page. They can click all the hashtags and they'll see my journey because I, all the hashtags are there. My and page, so um, my plus is changing lives on Instagram or Facebook. They can good. go down in there and they'll see everything. You click the hashtags on either one, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, and all of it will come up. And you can put the hashtags. I can they can go under in the comments or however they'll find it. It's exactly. out exactly. You know, I, I love working. You know, with organized people, I love working with people who understand the impact and the influence that social media can have. You know, it gives us the ability to put um, information out there, right? And share mm -hmm. with the globe. You know, you mentioned Instagram. I'm a big fan of Instagram. I used to be a big fan of Facebook, but not really too much anymore because what I'm learning as I interact with people like you, fellow business owners on Instagram, is that there's a whole world on Instagram that interact with me. And I, I have to tell people, most of my followers on Instagram are in other countries, you know? And I'm appreciative, as I know you are, of anyone who finds an interest in anything that we present. But when I look up and I see names I can't pronounce in countries that I've never been to, I say, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because I, I'm not getting that on Facebook. It's just regional. It's local. You know, it's stateside. I'm appreciative, but we want to be global. Carl Jones Unlimited wants to be global. So that's happening for all of us, you know. And so like you, you have, I know, several social media accounts. And before we get too far along, I want you to um, have an opportunity to tell everyone how to follow you. You can follow me at KJ Peoples. My last name is Peoples with all E's. It's not Peoples like those people. It is Peoples <laughs> with all E's. It's P-E-E-P-L-E-S, uh, -E -E not Peebles, Peepoles. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. My husband told me they're going to spell your name for the rest of your life, so get ready. I was like, okay. Right. KJ Peoples um, on Facebook, KJ Peoples Plus Model is my model page on Facebook. And then I'm the owner of my Plus is Changing Lives LLC. That is on Facebook as well. And you can find the same thing on Instagram at KJ Peoples Plus Model at my Plus is Changing Lives. So those are the pages that I have. And I've got a baby that I'm working on. Yes, yes. It is indelible affirmations. That is my new other business that um, is hitting the ground running. So I'm I'm excited because this, this is stuff that God's been pulling on me for, but I've been in my own way and not getting it done. So now it's it's coming to fruition. Amen. And those are t-shirts. I'm yeah, happy everything. for you, Keisha. I'm happy for you. You know, we, we have all of these ideas. You know, God gives us vision. He inspires us to do things. And sometimes fear, sometimes um, life circumstance, right, can have us to put things on pause um, or postpone or put them aside. Mm -hmm. You know, but 
like um, me, you have put things on a shelf, but you went back and grabbed them. And now, like you said, they're coming to fruition. So I'm so happy for you with your brand expansions. Thank you. Thank you. you thank know? you. Thank you. It's we about have... time. <laughs> what did you say? It is about time. Well, Better late than never, right? Well, you know what? It's your due season. This is your season to manifest these other entities. It's just your due season. Now is the appointed time. If it didn't happen before, it wasn't meant to happen before. I wow. think it was, who is it? Ty Tribbett or somebody said, if he did it for- um, If he did it before, he'll, he'll do, do it, it again. Well, now is the again time. How about mm -hmm. that? Uh -huh. I love that song. Okay. Um, well, you know, you have such an extensively impressive bio, sister girl. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank but you. I wanted to touch on something else because when I met you, you know, every now and then when we would chat or try to chat, I should say, it would be difficult to connect with Queen Peoples because she was on the road. And I don't mean she was just driving to and fro in a vehicle, a car. She drove an 18 wheel truck. She is a licensed professional truck driver. Am I right? Absolutely. Over 20 years. How in the world? What made you? Let's start with this. What made you want to drive one of them big monsters? Well, I got in first of all, because my grandfather used to have a roadside service, which was Jones Tire Service or Jones Tire. And that's where I got my first glimpse of this little old man, no more than about five, about five, seven. And he get up under those trucks and you hit a and that was a jackhammer. He was doing his thing. He popped those lug nuts off and he get them tires together. It's a process. You can go on YouTube and watch a repairman change the tire on an 18 wheeler. It is wow. a process, but it is a dangerous process because if you don't know what you're doing or how you're doing it, there's a lot of pressure in those tires. And that's where it first came to mind, just the, the thought of, wow, this is really impressive. It's great. You know, the fact that they move like they move, listening to them, seeing them, feeling the wind, having my granddaddy explain to me, mm -hmm. you stay off around them trucks. You see them, you let them go on. It's like, okay. But once I got an opportunity to get behind the wheel, it was weird because it felt like second nature. It wasn't something where I was, I was scared of it, but I was more intrigued on, okay, how do you make it move? How do you make it turn? How can you get it to maneuver how you want it to maneuver? And the guy I was dating at the time, you know, he had his own truck and man, <laughs> I watched him load and unload and back around buildings. You couldn't even see the dock, but he back around that building and he put that trailer in there on that dock. And a lot of times he do it just like that. And he told me one day, he said, you're going to drive. And I'm like, no, I am not. And he said, yes, you are. I said, no, I am not. We went back and forth and I finally just, let him have it. I was like, okay, whatever, because I blew it off. 
I, I couldn't see that. I couldn't see it. I could not see that for myself. But eventually I started to take more interest in it down the line a couple of years later. And, and I started to really take it seriously because at that point, I got my license in 2003, Wow! but I actually been dabbling with a truck since before 2000, but I made it official in 2003. So it took me a while to just go ahead and go to school and do it. And I'm glad I did, but I wish I had done it sooner because I worked for McDonald's. I did McDonald's for over 15 years. I did management and it wasn't until and the man tried to rob the place through the drive-thru and he stuck a gun in my face. <gasps> stuck that Jeez. gun in my face. I took out running with my arms out wide because I, Miss Carol, I had these folks' babies in the store. <laughs> so all I saw was children and I'm just <gasps> like trying to gather them up and get Come them on, out babies. of the Yes. And all I heard was click behind me. No. And I thought that man had shot me in my back, but it oh. wasn't that. It was a drive-through one, the rolling clothes, and it went click. He had his foot on the brake. He was trying to rob the, the building. He was trying to rob the, the McDonald's with his foot on the brake and got his foot on the gas, and he ended up rolling away. <laughs> he ended up rolling away, and the window closed. But that was, at that point, I said, okay, there's got to be something different. And my mom used to always tell us, use McDonald's as a stepping stone, mm -hmm. not a career. And I, at that point, that was the most money I made in my life. So, hey, I was taking care of myself and my two children, because at that point I'm divorced, but I'm handling my business for my family. So I was doing what I needed to do. When I needed a part-time job, I knew how to go out there and get one. I worked around food because mm -hmm. I made sure that I could feed my children, always. I want to say something right there. I have worked in fast food <laughs> and it wasn't early in life. <laughs> I never thought I would, but you know what? I enjoyed it. I really mm -hmm. enjoyed it. And I'm going to give a shout out to every and anybody who works in the restaurant and hospitality, to tell, excuse me, restaurant and hospitality industries and fast mm -hmm. food, because baby, when you stand on your feet on them slippery floors, preparing <laughs> all them different recipes that your grandmama never told you and with ingredients that you never heard of to feed the people, <laughs> you oh. have done something. Oh yeah. You feel accomplished. And when you get that check, you earned it. You know you earned that check. Right, Keisha? You did that. You did it. But one thing I appreciated, besides my check and the experience that it gave me, I got to eat. Mm -hmm. And don't nobody want to be hungry. Okay? And I wasn't in a position where I could be hungry. But like you said, I said, well, Lord, not only will it give me a check, it'll feed me. You're right. Absolutely. So it's... it's and I'm going to say something else. You can vouch for this. You were in management. Those management positions at restaurants and fast food make good money, and they have usually good benefits. Am I right? Back then, 
a lot of things have changed now. <laughs> well, they got them now, baby, because Burger King, I know Burger King, that's not where I work. They got some of the best medical benefits ever. Really? Wow. Yes. 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 They well, it's, it's gotten better now because my mom retired from McDonald's for 34 years. Wow. She retired from McDonald's. My mom That's the was the first time I've ever heard that. She was a supervisor. She's done the supervisor thing. She's done the, um, she worked her way all the way up from the bottom, from a crew person all the way up to being a supervisor. Excellent. And at one point she was a, a acting operations manager. So she awesome. has gone far. And there is a such thing as Hamburger U because she graduated from Hamburger University. Really? Yes, ma'am. In, in wow. Illinois. Beautiful. In Illinois. Mm-hmm. Well, whomever's watching, who's ever going to listen on the various unfiltered um, Bacar Jones Limited LLC podcast radio stations, y'all hearing this now, you seeing this with someone with firsthand experience. You can have a career with McDonald's. In management. In management. I was a crew person. But it's, it's, it's different now. It's really, really different because back then, we used to fight to be on the schedule. Nobody wanted to be off because we had so much fun. And plus the way that she ran her store, we used to have this book and you can order hats, t-shirts, pins, bags, backpacks, you name it. And we stayed ordering. We stayed in some gear because we made sure we put, we put, we put the work on the table, but it's, it's different now because they want so much out of people now. And a lot of places don't want to pay people. And you got a whole lot of issues that are poured into it. And it's not only McDonald's. It's all over where people don't want to do right. And now gotcha. we got gotcha. the STEMI. <laughs> so let me say this. With your, your trucking career, tell me in our um, audience, where did you drive? How far did you drive? How often did you drive? How long were you, were you away from home? Were you long haul? What, 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 what type of trucking did you do? I have been a long haul driver. I've been a short haul driver. I've been all across the United States as far out as California. Really? My home state? As far north as, mm-hmm, as, far north as Michigan, Pennsylvania. What? Yes, that's that. Pennsylvania was my trade-off because they wanted me to go to New Jersey and I didn't want to go to New Jersey. Why? And at that time, I was pulling the Sears account. And at that time, they were killing drivers and taking trailer loads of appliances for Sears. Let me just drop and hook into a warehouse where somebody else got to deal with more of that. So that's what they did for me. Uh, so that I wouldn't have to worry about sleeping on the street, being a female in trucking. It's a little different for a female than it is for a male. How's I need facilities. I need facilities. <laughs> so you're saying, okay, because I know a lot of the 18 wheelers, they have that bunk bed up there, right? Uh-huh. So you're saying your trucks had that, but you didn't sleep in it. I had two beds and I slept in my truck, but me being a girly girl, I got to have facilities. <laughs> Just read between the lines. <laughs> I got I'm to thrilled. have facilities. I'm thrilled. I'm so, but, but I'm serious though. I'm being so, so serious and being so transparent. Men can relieve themselves 
in ways anywhere. that we can. Anywhere. 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 So I, I didn't have it like that. So I, I was blessed, really, really blessed that my driver manager had been a truck driver. And just as I was coming into the company, she was switching over to being a driver manager. And nobody was left out there. She made sure her entire team was taken care of before she went home every day. And when she decided to leave trucking, her whole board left with her, her entire board. That's just how good she was. Yes. So I, that was a blessing in trucking because she kept me running back and forth between any of the Carolinas, North or South Carolina and Laredo. I bounced back and forth for the majority of the time when I first started, then I came home and I drove for a temp company. Um, and that's how I got to Avery because I used to drive for Avery and I drove for them for nine and a half years. And people, I became a queen while I was Avery. So talking to the guys on CB radio and we, one guy wait, was wait, like, wait. you broke up. What did you call it? You became a what? I became a pastor while I was a truck driver. Okay. It Avery. broke up again. Say it one more time. Slowly. I became a pageant queen while I was driving for Avery. (laughs) So a lot of guys, they thought I was playing when I would tell them I was a pageant queen. They're like, yeah. One guy even said, if you're a pageant queen, then I'm Superman. I said, honey, paint that S on your chest. Let's fly. And then he met me on the ground and uh, I gave him my social media handle and he was like, oh my God. He said, you were serious. That is amazing. And you still trucking? I said, yeah. And I won, when I won my state title, I was still trucking. Mm-hmm. I remember. With the nationals, I was still trucking. I remember. Yes. So it's, it was different. Very, very different. You know, it's scary to me. I I really don't like to drive, to be honest. I drive out of necessity only. I am pretty much grounded if I, unless I have to go somewhere. But my cousin, one of my second cousins, Talia Perdue in Greenville, Alabama, she a Bama girl like you. She just started driving trucks. She took after her dad and her brother, Jeremy Albritton and Ray Ray, her uh, her dad, my cousin. And I'm so proud of y'all because I remember as a young adult, I'm going to say, because when I was growing up, we used to drive every summer from California to Alabama to visit my grandparents, you know, so we would see the trucks wow. on the road and we would usually drive our motorhome. We had a 24 foot motorhome and both of my parents were driving, me and my sister would be, you know, running around in the back. It was a big old thing. But, you know, we see the trucks and we run to the front and we would go like this, honk for us, honk for us. And they would, you know what I'm saying? But you didn't see women. When we got to those rest areas and you saw the trucks, we saw men, we didn't see women. But I think in my young adult years is when I began to see more women driving trucks. And I was just simply blown away, Keisha, blown away. I'm like, a woman can handle that big old machine. It's a machine. Mm-hmm. We can. Did it scare you? Some days it does. Even when I'm in my car and I'm moving around and I I can kind of, I, I know what some of them are going to do. It's still scary because every time is different. Mm-hmm. And that's why I would tell people don't ride near the wheels of a truck because yeah. if they blow a tire, a lot you of times don't. we don't hear it. Mm-hmm. We don't know it. I watched a SUV today almost flip over 
because the rubber, they call it gator in the mm -hmm. road. So when it went like it did and it Ooh. flew, yeah, they, they're heavy. <laughs> no, it hurt. Look at that the crease it left on my head. I'm going to set it over here. Sorry but about when, that. Um, the gator went flying. That lady almost lost her SUV trying to avoid it because it was a, it was about about that wide. But it and was they a, swim. Yeah. When they blow, they swim. Oh yeah, literally they yeah, swim. I've seen water. it happen. I've seen one get airborne and turn on itself, and it hit somebody's car, but it didn't break the windshield. They wow. were lucky. They were lucky because they were far enough back that when the truck kicked it up, it went airborne. It flipped. It hit the windshield, but it did not break the windshield. They pulled Praise over, the they checked on it, and they got back on the road. Because I, I saw it, so I stopped with the driver to make sure that the driver was okay. Good for but, you. Yeah, it is stay away from trucks. Just get away from them. Let them get on down the road. Let them have it. Because they're good drivers, and they're bad drivers. And, you so, know, it just pisses me off. You know, in Houston, we got six lanes pretty much everywhere. And girl, mm -hmm. these people be cutting them trucks off. I'd be like, mm -mm, I'm driving this Daisy Boo. I'm over here in the slow lane. Y'all mm -hmm. do all that that y'all want to do. I ain't fooling with none of y'all. Don't don't come over here and don't get too close. That's me. And when I oh, see the truck, God. I'm like, peace. Have your way. Have your way. I know that you. people don't understand the power behind all all that and what they you don't even know what they're carrying. Even if they don't have a load, it's heavy. That is a machine. Oh, yeah. One of my first loads, when I first started driving, I had to go to Huntsville. It took me, I think that's 278. You got to go up that mountain and come to the backside. Ooh, girl, I drove that mountain. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as we're coming to the light at the foot of the hill, the lady jumped in front of me. I was carrying a load of deer park water. That's like pulling a tanker. That water, I felt that momentum come forward. And the momentum, the trailer hit the back of that truck. And all I could do was lay on that horn across here on my hand hurt so bad for the next two or three days because it's wire and it's meant not to break. And when I grabbed hold of it, I held on to it with all I had. And when she saw I couldn't stop, then she hit the gas pedal and took off. But because I was on my horn coming to the light, People on the side roads heard it and didn't nobody pull out. And I was so thankful Ooh, because by the time I stopped that truck, that truck was in the middle of the intersection and it was rocking like this. Oh, Jesus. And you didn't hit anything. Rock. You didn't hit I didn't anything. anything. All that, you just had a whole, you had all them black lines on the pavement. Skid, skid. Yeah, uh-huh. And the truck just sitting there doing this. Jeez. And I'm, I'm, I'm oh, about to get seasick with it because I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And my hands hurt so bad because I I mean, when they talk about laying on it, I laid on it. I stood up on it. Everything. Do you think that woman stopped to say, hey, are you OK? Are you all right? Nothing. Whew, gone. And see, that happens to drivers a lot because of someone in a four wheeler make a decision. The driver has to compensate however they can and that's why a lot of drivers have got killed that's why accidents will be so bad because when that truck is rolling you can't stop it it's the length of a football field think about legion field in birmingham girl the, that's the classic 
<laughs> yeah, they just had that. Okay, and A&M just, did win. My mama wasn't happy. Uh-huh. Was. <laughs> I know, right? But when you think about the distance that it takes to stop a truck, that's a long ways. Ooh. And I've even seen where somebody's gotten hit. There was a video out and it's probably still floating and probably on YouTube. They had to try to stop a man because he hit a car and the car was trapped up under his last, those last wheels. They call it tandems. He didn't know it. He's just going on about his business, going down the road and people just honking. I remember. Well, you know, I'm 55. But when I was in high school, at Lowell High School in San Francisco, when I took driver's education, that was one of the few, you know, regular type electives they had at my academic high school. They showed us a video and it was about driving around trucks on the mm-hmm. road. And in that video, it kept insisting, admonishing you to keep at least two car lengths distance, I believe, behind a big willow. But in this one scene, the people got too close. And baby, that thing has stuck (laughs) with me for life. Like you just said, that car ended up under the last two wheels and the driver of the truck didn't even know it was there. In this video, Keisha, girl, the car went under the truck. Mm -hmm. And what we saw on the screen, this is kind of graphic. So if you can't handle this, I'm about to, you know, they look like hamburger meat. Mm-hmm. That's what the truck did. Mm-hmm. I've seen that up close and personal. I've seen plenty of death and destruction out here on the road. Girl, when I found out people. you was driving that truck, I, I used to pray for you. Ooh, girl, I used to pray for you. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, take care of them, protect them. I'm serious. Because I'm you. scared of them. I mean, I'm not scared, but it's like, I don't fool with them. Oh, yeah, because it can take your life. Yeah, if, if you just drive and pass them, them they can you feel around. them suck you. Mm-hmm. When you drive past them, They mm-hmm. you, you feel the pressure. It kind of sucks you towards mm-hmm. them. You be steering the other way, you know? Oh, and it's windy today. Ooh, so girl. it's extra. You get the extra this today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'll be right here in the house. I'm cool. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's something, man, because even like in the rain, uh-uh. that's why trucks will get on down the road because we sit higher so we can see. Yeah. Whereas a four-wheeler, you're getting all this water thrown on you. We're the ones throwing the water. But we- Yes, you do. <laughs> you freezing, but it's okay. I know you're going to come back. Y'all know how them big wheels be throwing that water on you and you have to put your uh, windshield wipers on triple time because you can't see nothing when they going by splashing like this. That's what she's talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that can be bad. That's why I, I, every chance I would get bad weather and all that, I tell people, please get off the road. Don't ride with your flashes on because if you ride with your flashes on, the person back behind you, if they can't see, they may think you're on the shoulder of the road. You can get hit like that. You can get hit by that that. bit of information. Well, you know, here in Texas, we have flash floods. And when Mm -hmm. the flash floods are happening, if you happen to be on the road, and I was on May the 9th, 2019, I will never forget the day. Never, ever. We had to. Everybody puts their flashes on. 
mm-hmm. everybody because the rain can get so heavy here in greater Houston in one of those, you know, um, weather storms. I, know I remember Houston. I was driving and it was raining, just like rain and I could see, but then it was like a white wall was in front of me and all I could see was the flashes, mm-hmm. the cars. I couldn't see the road. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. I was like, Lord, Jesus, help me drive. It's like, Jesus, take the wheel for real, you know? Oh, yeah. So you're saying to a truck driver, when they see that sometimes they can think that the car's on the side of the road, but you might really be in front of the truck. You in the road. Oh, girl, you please. could ride with your, you could have your flashes on riding. If a driver think you on the side of the road, it's common courtesy for us to step over. Get over, right. We've been doing the step over long before right. they made it law because long. that's common courtesy because of the wind that yeah. we bring. Right. So that person could step over, but they may not see you because you may be in a gray vehicle or a white vehicle, not even have your headlights on. Next thing you know, you about to hit the back of the truck. I mean, it's you have to think about more than yourself when you turn the flashes on because there are so many different scenarios that can come out of that. So I really encourage people not to do that. Please don't turn your flashes on because you could get hit or you could cause somebody else to get hit. Just because you got your flashes on don't mean they see you or they know the position that you're in. And I I can attest to that one. The tornadoes in 2011 that hit, I had to go to work that morning. No! I was on my way to Mercedes-Benz and when I pulled over as close as I could to the wall with my flashes on, I still had somebody come by and they came by so close, it shook my car because they were that close. They were over on the shoulder of the road coming by me. And I'm glad it was just a four-wheeler because if it was a truck, it might've been worse, but it it was just a car. But I had to pull over because it was what you saw, that white wall. Mm-hmm. When we drove into it, nobody knew where they were. You could not wait, wait, see. wait, 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 so wait, wait, I, wait, I wait. You're yes, saying to me, because I remember I wasn't in Alabama that day. I was living in Alabama, but I was consulting and I was up in Osceola, Wisconsin, or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. And people told me when I got to my hotel that there were several tornadoes that had devastated northern Alabama, Tuscaloosa, mostly, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. So you're trying to tell me what I, if I heard you, help me now, help me, girl, because I'm like, Ooh. you were driving on the road and you had to pull over because the tornado was in your midst on the ground and it touched down? The tornado was on the ground in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and, and you were going to yeah, I was in Vance. Okay. I was maybe maybe like five miles from Vance and it was on the ground in Tuscaloosa. But because of all the the hail, the wind, the rain, it was so bad. You could see it in the distance. So I had already begun to slow down because I, I know what that haze is. I know what that wall of water looks like because I've seen it so much. And as I began to slow down, I mean, it was like drip, drip and bush. And all I could do was just pull on over because nobody could see. And if I couldn't see, then I know I need to pull over. And I still almost got hit. And when I got to work, my heart was in my throat. And I walked in the the locker room and this lady just saw the look on my face. And she just held her arms out and she just held me. And I just cried. 
Thank I you. Cried, I cried. I cried until I stopped crying. And she was like, baby, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. And she was like, you a truck driver. You still got to go. I was like, yes, ma'am. Yeah. I still got to go to work. I get my good cry on, <laughs> put my big girl panties on. They got to have this load in here because even though the weather is down here, the weather ain't in South Carolina. And I used to go to Piedmont, South Carolina every day, five and a half hour drive through Atlanta twice a day. And a lot of times, All depending on traffic. Ooh, yeah. girl, Atlanta that traffic. traffic is the worst. Ooh. Yes, it is. Yes, I it is. I can't stand driving in Atlanta. I will catch Atlanta traffic going, coming. It, it was what it was, but I did it and I loved it because I had a CB radio on the dashboard. So that CB radio would get out for 20 miles so I could hear what was going on. Okay. Yeah. What was, was your good... handle? What was your handle? Miss Coco. Miss Coco. And that was K-O-K-O. Okay. Yes, okay. ma'am. Okay, well, you's official. We know you's official. <laughs> it was real. It was real. Yes, well, you know, was. I just applaud you, boo-boo. I take my hat off to you because I couldn't do it. Hey, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I gift. couldn't, but I don't think I would want to. Everybody has their gifts. And yes, drug driving just happens to be mine. It's like second nature now. Because in school, they taught us to listen to the truck. So there's a lot of days I would go down the road and I'm just listening to the truck. I ain't even got to look at the dashboard. I can shift without looking at the dashboard. I just listen to the motor. And I've done that in my car as well as in my truck. And then teaching people how to drive that's never driven a stick before. Mm -hmm. That's been interesting because they're like, okay, you can shift without a clutch. And I'm like, yeah, I can yep. because I drive a truck for a living. Yep. And see, in the truck, you have to shift once to take it out of gear and then you got to shift it back in gear. So you're doing what they call double clutch. Yeah, and if you're not well coordinated, it ain't hand and eye and foot. It won't work. <laughs> it won't work. No. Well, you know, I drove a stick. My daddy taught me how to drive a stick. I had a 280ZX 2 plus 2. Oh, I used to love them cars. Uh, the four-seater when I was in college, undergrad. And my daddy taught me how to drive. And I had fun shifting gears, baby. And I, I, you know, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. So I used to drive to San Francisco. I lived in the suburbs then, but I had worked in San Francisco when I graduated. And girl, I used to drive, and in California, when you get your driver's license, well, San Francisco Bay Area, I'll say, you have to know how to parallel park and stop on a hill. Mm -hmm. So I remember the hill being like this, and the, the testing, you know, DMV test person sitting next to me was like, stop. <laughs> I did it. Then you go a little further and you on a hill like this, he say park. I did it. Then they say back up and park. <laughs> and I, as an adult in my 20s, when I thought I was grown, you know, and you'd be hanging out, going to the city for this or that at night, you know, grab you driving my little stick and I'd be on them hills like this, shifting the gears and holding, you know, the pedal in the right, uh -huh. the gas, and doing the clutch, the clutch, mm -hmm. the clutch, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Shoot. Don't tell me. And I can do that. I can still drive a stick, but I ain't driving a truck. Not no big one. And I, I had to learn how to parallel park one. Oh girl. You know the funniest thing was the hardest thing for me. I drove a U-Haul, a 26-foot U-Haul. 
recently. <laughs> and maybe I didn't know when I got in. Well, they told me after the checkout counter. Well, when you turn, keep in mind, whichever, if you turn the left, you got to turn the wheels right. Because I had on the back of me, I, well, that was it. I had a hitch on the back. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, baby. I had to learn that because I almost tore up a gas station. <laughs> it moves like a snake. Like a snake. Yep. But when I got it, I was gone. Nine hours later, I was where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that again. The direction that is going, if you if you want it to go, if you don't want it to go left, you bump it to the left. You don't want it to go right, you bump it to the right. That's the easiest way I can explain it to anybody. I and learned it'll it. back the other way. I learned it. You learned it. Yeah. It, it, it's something. It. It, it's been. It's been interesting. So mm -hmm. being a truck driver and then becoming a pageant queen, that is really. It's really something she trying to tell us. You know, Keisha is broadcasting from Birmingham, Alabama, North Alabama, and I am here in Greater Houston. And, you know, that's the beauty of technology that especially during the COVID-19 pandemic that we're still in, by the way, is that we can do this virtually. That's why I'm so grateful that God gave me the insight to start this podcast in June of 2019, almost a year after I had relocated to Houston to finish my clinical hours. Because we can't do it this time, Keisha, I'm telling people you're in Birmingham and I'm in Houston, you know, but we can do these virtual events and remain safe. We don't have to have our masks on because we're on screen, right? But hopefully when y'all are out there in public, you're still wearing your mask. I know that in a lot of states they are no longer requiring that as they are not here in Texas, but everywhere I go in public, I have on a mask. All day at work, I have on a mask. And even though I've taken my vaccinations for COVID, you know, I'm still gonna wear my mask so I feel safe and as I stated in my last interview um, a week ago today, Car Jones Unlimited LOC will not present any events, any live events until this pandemic is over. I unfortunately have lost two loved ones, an uncle there where you are in Birmingham, Keisha, and my auntie in the San Francisco Bay Area. As you know, we've seen all the loss that has taken place. Car Jones doesn't want to be a part of that promoting events. Not saying that y'all who are doing it are doing the wrong thing. But I just don't feel comfortable with that. Uh, now, we're, you know, as I talk about this pandemic, I think about this book. There is a book that you wrote. You were part of an anthology, am I right? <laughs> yeah, I co-wrote in that one. Woo. I believe the book was entitled Crown, as in Crown. Mm -hmm. crown of thorns yes ma'am without telling everything about the book because we want people to buy the book and read it give us a glimpse a preface of what that book is about crown of thorns diary of a beauty queen was a compilation um that was co-written with myself and nine other pageant queens. It details a lot of the things that we went through, the journey to the crown, literally, 
the good, the bad, the ugly, indifferent, because a lot of people think that being a pageant queen is absolutely glamorous. It is to a point, but there's a lot that goes on spiritually and you gotta be ready. You gotta have a team. You gotta have people praying for you. They gotta stay in the gap because you have to realize not only just the pageant itself, when you're talking a plus size pageant, that he's on a whole nother layer because there are so many women that don't have the confidence to go forward. So to be able to see somebody that looks like you, mm-hmm. that goes through the same thing you go through, and then you seeing them elevated by doing something like this, mm-hmm. it's mind blowing. Because when mm-hmm. I first got my glimpse of it, I'm looking around like, these women look like me. Mm-hmm. They are, I mean, we're the same. It's just, they have on a crown, they have on a sash. I'm watching them speak. It was amazing. It was mind blowing. So I was like, okay, well, my husband said, I can't do nothing but try. So let's try. That's and right. it, was, it was amazing. And that's one thing I'll say. And you can rewind that back to modeling. Being able to have the confidence to step into modeling. A lot of people have no idea. I didn't like her. Mm-hmm. I didn't like me for a long time. I used to pick myself apart. In my early 20s, I didn't really start liking myself until I was over in my 20s. And that because I wanted to know, I, I asked God, what, what is it that they see? I want to know what people see when they look at me. And God allowed me to look in a mirror and really see myself for the first time. And all mm. I could do was cry. So having that memory and knowing how that felt once I got into pageantry that's that's been something that I do I go out and I'll speak and I talk to young ladies about confidence and I give out a mirror I give out a mirror every time I do it because I want them to see themselves I want them to really get to a point of embracing themselves learning about affirmations so that they can know how to speak to themselves positively yeah oh hey we know about encourage ourselves, but our babies, sometimes our babies don't really grasp hold of that. So giving them that, that little small mirror, giving them that mirror where they can see themselves, that allows them to begin to develop. Okay, I'm beautiful. I'm smart. You know, my, my chocolate skin is not a bad thing. My whatever color skin is right. not a bad thing, but I can say my chocolate skin because I got picked on being a little chocolate girl. Mm -hmm. I was always the dot of the bunch, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you will. And then I was always the bigger girl out of the bunch. Most of my friends were always smaller. So that's something that I had to deal with. I dealt with the bullying. I dealt with the name call and I dealt being talked about because my mom put us in the clothes that she could afford. She did what she could, but children are cruel and now yes, you got can that be kind of, you got that kind of cruel stuff going on now and now they have social media so it's Ooh, recorded cyber bullying it's brought up you got memories you got stuff that keeps coming up on social media so these kids are really the trauma and it keeps yes, on going on i was just on um i'm also part of a group hello ruth here in birmingham oh, Yes, honey. Hello, yes, Hello Ruth started with Carissa. Is it Carissa? Teresa. What's her name? Sharissa. Sharissa, yeah. Yes, How ma'am. is she? 
She is doing wonderful. Carl Jones said, hey. I sure will. And so we started with that and I'm one of the members now and, and we're we're moving forward. We're doing so much. It's It's been trying because everybody has their own life, but yeah. starting under them, me meeting them. And my main thing to her was, I was like, look, I like what you're doing. I really want to be a part of it, but I'm married. She said, okay. And what that got to do with anything? So it's like, oh, okay, well, I want to be a part of it. And once I began to really read up on Ruth and really began to understand the story, it's like, okay, now I get it. Because each one of us, we're Ruth at some point in our life. And even with me being married, I still had a lot to learn. I still had things in, I'm sewing into them as they're sewing into me because they're single. So I can tell them about married life. And then I can tell them about things that's going on to help them kind of navigate their way as a single that's looking to be married. So it's been a wonderful experience, even with them. And that's how we got into all of that. So when I've done speaking engagements, I always go back and tell people about Hello Ruth, telling them about Excellent. the fact that I'm still Ruth. There's still yeah. a lot of growth that has to happen in me. But I also kind of spank their tails. Look, I have to also spank their tails because our childhood traumas do tend to come over as baggage. And if we're not careful, you will talk yourself out of Boaz. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait up, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute, back it up, slow it down. I need you to say that one more time. If you're not not careful, your childhood traumas will come into your adult life. Yes. And and you'll talk yourself out of Boaz. Okay, so right there, we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to put a pin right there. (laughs) When I have a mental health conversation, I'm going to need you to come back. Are you amenable to come back and talk about this? How you can do what? With Boaz, what'd you say? How you say that thing? <laughs> when you got those, those traumas in childhood, and you bring them into your adult life. You will talk yourself out of Boaz. A child, how childhood trauma could mm-hmm. impact your Boaz opportunity. You're, uh-huh. You'll talk yourself out of Boaz. Talk yourself I, out of Boaz. I say that because I used to be a mouthpiece. I am somewhat still, but being married has taught me that I got to watch my mouth. God has shown me that you got to watch your mouth. Because see, look, let, let me give you a little backstory on, on me and my husband. I met my husband when I was 12 years old. Yeah, and I'm 49 now. Oh, honey, that's a whole nother life. God took from from me being 12. I was raped at 13. Yeah, my husband was on the phone and he heard everything. Stop. Um, Yeah. Stop. Okay, so y'all heard her. Y'all heard what she said. I had to stop her. Mm Because I already told her we're going to have to come back. Now we got two shows we got to do with Queen Keisha because Keisha is just a walking, living testimony. Okay. And you see that that's the thing. And I I thank you for um, having the courage, 
having the confidence and the freedom to share your story. Let's not forget transparency. Girl, we got to be transparent. I post, do you, you see my post? I would say transparent, transparency. <laughs> because it's like my uncle said on our stream service, my uncle, Elder Freddie Carter, pastor and founder of the Well Ministries International in San Francisco, California. He said last Sunday in his sermon, we have got to testify. He said it again today in his sermon. We have got to testify, which means we have have to share our stories and how God has brought us through, how we have overcome, how we have conquered, and how we are still moving right along. Went into our purpose. You know, one of my friends, I'm going to give a shout out to my little sister, Energy, on Instagram. I posted something a few weeks ago, Keisha. And that young lady said on her, she shared my post. She did a repost and she said, walking in her purpose. And I, the Lord said to me when I re, went to share, because it blessed me so that someone shared one. I think it was one of my talk to me Tuesdays I did. And the Lord gave me this purpose, passion, and pleasure. At age 55, it's okay for me to walk in my purpose, to be passionate about what I believe in, but to take pleasure in what I enjoy. Woo! Girl, that thing okay. hit me like a truck. Oh, that's When the that Lord was gave me that, I said, I can have fun, Lord. It's okay. To not just work, work, work like I've done all my life, my adult life, work, 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 work. And he said, yes, Chandra, purpose, passion, pleasure. We're going to get out of here because it's seven minutes after five. I told you, hey, it's, 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 it's a lot. It is a lot to this, a lot. It's a lot a to lot. you. Well, look, I, I'm, hey, I, I, I thank you. I thank yes. you. That's why I know there's a lot for me to do because there's there's many hats that I wear, Indeed. and uh, we we just scratched the surface about me and my husband. That is we're gonna go there another day. We're gonna yes, go there. We're yes, gonna go there. So y'all have something to look forward. I want y'all to inbox me on Instagram at Car Jones Unlimited LLC. You can also inbox me on Instagram with my new talk show. It's called the Bling Tea Talk Show. Inbox me there. You can email me at car.ceo.car.jones.ceo at gmail.com and let me know how you enjoy this wonderful, epic, epic, epic interview with Queen Keisha J. Peoples of Birmingham, Alabama. I have been so blessed as always. It's, it's so wonderful to catch up and reconnect with you, my beautiful sister inside and out from the day i first met you you have never changed you make it easy for me to love you oh i appreciate you i appreciate you so much i appreciate you keisha y'all follow keisha she gave you her handles when i post um you know the edited version because we will have to edit this um from the beginning I will put all of her different social media accounts there so that you can follow her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow her. <laughs> Keep up what she's doing. Support her. Encourage her and pray for her as you do for Car Jones Unlimited. We are signing off on Sunday, 
April 25th, 2021, we have completed episode number four in the Unfiltered with Car Jones Unlimited LLC podcast, CJU underscore GWO series featuring Queen Keisha J. Peoples. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, love. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. This was fun. Was it though? Like girlfriends talking? You can't even stop and I'm trying to end. <laughs> hey, we, we got a lot that we talk about. It's plenty more. As they say, MC Hammer wrote a song about it. He said, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Love you. Yes. Thank you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Thank you.